This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 35. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there and welcome. Thank you so much for joining the program. And if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a veteran, you've been coming for a long time. Thank you so much for your support. I cannot thank you enough. Today's episode is brought to you by my writing programs and my coaching that I provide to help people write their books. Uh, so many people come to me and they're like, Andrea, how do you pump out so many books and how do you write your books and blah, blah, blah. They always ask me so many questions and I know what it's like to have all these wonderful ideas in your brain and the fact that you really, really do want to write a book and you know that there's so many advantages and great for your business. And maybe it's not just a book. Maybe Maybe it's a magnet lead or maybe it's a program. So whatever it is that you have a book that you want to write and you repeatedly think about it and uh, you know that the whole idea is daunting and overwhelming. However, you do know that there could be massive benefits to your career for completing and writing your book. So I've been there. I know what it's like and I'm here to help you. So because I believe in you and I can help you with writing, I would love to be your writing coach. So I help people from concept to manuscript, from idea to publishing. I help people get their book completed over a shorter period of time. I know one client, she wanted to do a magnet lead for like a whole year. And then we had one session together and she was able to output that magnet lead in one week. That is amazing. Amazing testimonial too. Okay, so I provide you with everything that you need in order to structure, write, and complete your nonfiction book, your lead magnet or program, and it'll help you so that you can advance your career and keep moving forward. So if you want to find out more information, go to my website, click on coaching, and you can find out more there. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, now back to the awesome book highlighting today. Hey guys. Okay. I am so excited about the book that I picked today um, and that I read over the weekend. It's called Resilient and it's by Rick Hansen. He's a PhD. It's basically a, a wonderful book to help us grow unshakable core of calm, strength, and happiness. So that is the name of his book. It's called Resilient, How to Grow an Unshakable Core of Calm, Strength, and Happiness by Rick Hansen. Okay. Who doesn't want to have a wonderful, strong core and calm core and a whole bunch of happiness, right? We all do. So this book is so great because it provides us with all the tools that we need in order to be resilient. So he teaches us those skills, the skills of resilience using a blend of neuroscience, mindfulness, and positive psychology. That is why I love this book. It's really rooted in science. And these days, it's so hard to count on the world outside of you that is really important to grow strength inside of us, such as grit and gratitude and compassion. And these are the keys to resilience and they're, they help us with lasting well-being. So in his book, he teaches us how to develop these wonderful psychological resources 
in a really step-by-step manner. Like he really walks us through the path, which is why I really, really enjoyed this book. All right. So are you ready to feel less anxiety and irritation, less disappointment and frustration, and less loneliness, hurt, and resentment? Are you ready to grow your strength and become more resilient? Okay. So if the answer is yes, (laughs) then listen to this book highlight because there's wonderful tools and tips. And as you know, I suck out all the actionable nuggets that you can apply to your life right away. So let's highlight this book in 15 minutes or less. As you know, I usually take a little tiny bit longer (laughs) because there's just so much wonderful information in these fantastic books. And thank you so much again for feeding my reading addiction. I'm so addicted and I love learning. And I'm sure because you're listening to this podcast that you probably share that same love of learning that I do. This is for those self-directed knowledge seekers who value uh, personal well-being. Okay. So within his book, Resilient, the whole book is based around meeting our basic needs, which is safety satisfaction and connection. So his whole book is based around meeting our basic needs, which are safety, satisfaction, and connection. So the first part of his book he talked about is more about kind of recognizing. And what he meant by that is he delved deeper into how compassion, mindfulness, and learning can actually make us more resilient. So let's jump into each of those. So compassion, he talked about compassion and how it's really a warm-hearted concern for suffering of others and the desire to um, to kind of help if you can and to, to relieve that suffering if you can. So compassion is basically, uh, it can be given to yourself, but it also can be given to others. And he talked about how compassion is actually an inner strength that you can develop. So we can get better at compassion as we develop this strength. So some of his tips were to get on your own side and bring caring to any pain that you feel. So kind of be on your own team, like don't be against yourself. He also talked about being good to yourself and to be good to others. And this idea of compassion, the more we practice it, the better we get at it. He also talked about having lots of enjoyable moments each day because these enjoyable moments actually lower stress and they connect us with other people and they make us feel better on a whole and they help build this sense of connection and just uh, recognizing and honoring other people and honoring ourselves. It's so beautiful. He also talked about accepting things as they are, including yourself. So having that degree of recognizing where you're at and honoring where you're at and and with a soft, kind, warm heart. Uh, He talked about how compassion basically builds our confidence and builds resilience. Okay, so mindfulness is another um, resource that we can build uh, that helps build resilience and makes us stronger. So mindfulness is what we focus on is what shapes our brain. So whatever we're putting our attention on is how what we're creating in our minds, we're creating those neurological networks. And um, so what we focus on is really what's shaping our brain. So mindfulness allows us to determine uh, what it is that we're resting our attention on. So by being mindful, you're being aware of what you're putting your attention on and what your thinking about, what you're looking at, what you're feeling. And so this mindfulness is a wonderful resource that we can use to kind of 
notice what we're putting and resting our attention on. I love the way he put that. And uh, so just like compassion and gratitude, uh, when we use our mind, we can, uh, if we're focusing on painful things that we're going to really uh, feel that pain and that's where we're going to be putting our energy. So if we don't really want to, we want to decrease what is painful and we want to increase what is enjoyable. And that makes perfect sense. So we're trying to rest our brain on the things that bring enjoyment as opposed to the painful things in our life. And that's sometimes hard to do, right? When you're frustrated by something or something's not going well. So his suggestion is to be mindful of what you're resting your attention on and choosing what it is that we're focusing on and to try and focus more on these enjoyable experiences. So we approach reward and we, um, we move away from harm and we attach ourselves to others. These are the basic needs. So that's, that's our natural tendency. So we feel well when we're meeting our basic needs. So when we're in that green zone of when we're calm and we're in a responsive mode, we feel really good. And when we're in a stress mode or a reactive mode, um, we're kind of like letting that negativity bias that our brain has and we, it acts as Velcro. So our mind goes to bad things or bad events because it's trying to keep us safe. And then it has a natural tendency to kind of have the good events kind of be like Teflon on it just kind of slips away and so his emphasis is on when you're being more mindful it encourages you to be first more relaxed and in that green zone of responsiveness where we can better understand our world we feel more calm in that world we can focus on enjoyable things and so he's talking about um, activating that neocortex so the front part of our brain the brain that's really our new brain neocortex uh, that can help us handle challenges challenges better and help us to be more resilient. We can respond to events instead of reacting in the stress response. I love that idea. Okay, so the other part of this is learning. So we acquire mental resources and resilience through our everyday learning. So through all the things that we're going through, we're creating these mental resources of resilience. And so what we want to do is um, really notice the installments. He called, I love how he put that installments. We're installing in our brain, (laughs) our neural network. So we're creating kind of like installments every time we're learning and we're experiencing our world, we are creating installments in our brain. So what he's suggesting is that we can be better at these installments and we can grow inner strength by kind of um, adapting this learning. I love this part. So he talked about the acronym HEAL. And so HEAL stands for H stands for have a positive experience. So try to have more positive experiences. And then the E stands for enrich it and like make it seem way better than it is. Make it better if you can kind of really ruminate about that richness of it. And then the next step is A is to absorb it, take it in and really have and experience that positive experience and enrich it and absorb it and so that you create that learning or the mental resources of resilience and you create those neurological networks or you're putting those installments in your brain so powerful and then the l you're probably curious and the heel is linking it and this is he said it's optional this piece but what i love about it is that you can use the first part of um, have a positive experience uh, enrich it absorb it but then what you can do is link that to a negative 
it's a negative material in your brain or a negative event that maybe you're perceiving as negative moving forward. Now, maybe I should give you an example on that. So, um, so occasionally I might be a little nervous to go do a speaking engagement. And it's funny because I'm a little bit nervous before I go, but once I'm there, I'm totally okay. It is actually the anticipation or the, I, I have a bit of a worry. Um, and it's like, I get this sort of nervous feeling. So then what I do is I remember back to the positive experience of previous speaking engagements. I enrich it. I really bring it to my mind. I remember the moments that were in it that were very successful and I think about the feedback that I got and then I absorb it into my brain. I remember how it went and it was a success and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And so then what you can do is use that linking tool to what is perceived in the future of what's coming up as a negative experience. So I can link that. I have the resources. I have the learning. I have the capabilities to you know, to put this out and that I shouldn't feel that nervousness before. (laughs) All right. So that is um, a great tip and that's wonderful. And the learning is basically installments and we have control over the installments, the installments that we're putting into our heads. So uh, his tip is to let go of anything negative and rest your attention on more positive material or experiences or thoughts. And we know that's so powerful, right? So just being a little bit more aware of that. So in that section of recognizing, um, using, so building compassion, building mindfulness and building, like taking control of that learning helps to make us more resilient. All right. So the next part in his book, he talked about resourcing. So our resources, so we can build grit, we can increase gratitude and we can increase our confidence and these will help make us more resilient. So let's jump into each one of these. So grit is a kind of like a tough resourcefulness. Grit is like you have an ability to push through it. Um, You look at what you can do instead of what you can't do. So especially in the face of challenging situations or challenging relationships, um, is grit is this really, it's kind of like a tough resourcefulness about you. And as you can tell, this grit actually makes us really resilient. So just a few experiences of being trapped or feeling powerless or defeated can actually create what's called in psychology is learned helplessness. So it can undermine your coping and your ambition. So if just a few events of feeling trapped or powerless or like you uh, are defeated can actually lead to this idea or this um, this concept of feeling like you're helpless. So it's learned, you learn it from your experience, learned helplessness, and which stops you from trying again. And it, it undermines any coping and uh, learning and ambition to be to be frank. So this is, it kind of holds us back from this tough resourcefulness. So so you want to make sure that you, you know that you can, that you have a tendency um for this to happen and then that you can't control all results. So he's talking about, um, remembering that you, all the things that happen to you that maybe are challenging, you don't necessarily have control over the outcome. So, 
what happens is, is if we know that the what's happened is, well, I've done my best in this situation, um, the that outcome, I can't control those results. And so what that does is it fosters this responsibility and inner peace. So just know that you can tend to the things that you can make a difference to, but that the outcome, you can't control the results. So foster this responsibility. It really will help you feel that sense of inner peace, uh, which is so true, right? So the other thing is to use that HEAL acronym that we talked about. So have a positive experience, um, enrich it, absorb it, and kind of link it. That'll help you build your grit and help you to internalize uh, your experiences. So, you know, basically how you feel about certain outcomes and situations determines how ambitious you're going to be in the future. So you want to kind of use your brain and wire your brain to realize that, okay, I can do my best, and but there are going to be some outcomes and results that I don't have control over. And so the, as long as you don't attach that to you being kind of, you know, it's it's an attack on you that it's just like you were defeated, Um, then you won't get that learned helplessness. So it's so important to really focus on learning and having that tough resourcefulness and try not to undermine it by using, you know, that, uh, that thing in your head that kind of tells us that, Mm, you know, that is because of me. (laughs) All right. So yeah, so that is, that's about it for uh, grit. So kind of what is it that you can do today? Kind of pushing yourself forward. So um, how you feel about your, and treat your body and your mind and think things through affects your vitality and your ambition and your, it affects even how you cope with, you know, challenge. So, okay. So let's move on to gratitude. When we build gratitude, we have a tendency to be more resilient. So we're constantly seeking to feel good in the future, but what's often forgotten about is the present moment. So it's often stressful in the present moment when we're thinking about the future. So what gratitude does is it pulls us into the present moment. So it's it's not pushing happiness into the future. With gratitude, you feel good already. You're already good here. <laughs> so you're not pushing things into the future, which I really think is essential. So exercising gratitude makes us feel really good and resilient in the moment that we're in. So this is the idea of giving thanks for what is better beneficial in your life, um, but you can still see what's harmful. So it's not being, you know, um, blind to, uh, to the not so great things in your life. Gratitude is just that really giving things for what is beneficial in your life and putting your attention there, letting your attention rest on there, but you can still see, you know, that there might be something harmful in your environment or there might be something not so great. Uh, so it's not being ignorant to that fact. Also pleasure is easy, uh, to dismiss, as we talked about that Teflon idea. So when you focus on ingratitude, it helps to bring you into the present moment and it helps you to not dismiss all these great things that are happening for you. It actually can help lower your stress and it helps to you to disengage with being upset. Ah, so gratitude is so powerful. So it allows you to feel the fullness of pleasure when you exercise gratitude. And you know what, because the negativity bias, it kind of pulls us in that direction that, you know, we're, when we fail, we kind of go into that, oh, what did I do wrong? 
Um, So it's more about looking for opportunities to feel successful as many times as you can in the day. I love that. So gratitude will help us feel successful multiple times during the day. So we're kind of wiring our brain. It's so powerful. Okay, so some of his tips are to uh, take in the experience that you're in and use them to notice your success and notice your feelings of good. Focusing, so use gratitude to focus on the good and be happy for the happiness of others was his other tip, which is so powerful. We can be happy for other people and grateful for them and happy for them. I mean, that's just a recipe for wonderful, right? Okay, so the next thing that he talked about that helps us to be more resilient is confidence. And we feel safe and secure when we can depend on ourselves and depend on other people. And we can uh, just feel good and generally in our world. So when we feel safe, we feel more confident. But if others are distant or they're rejecting us or kind of not um, positive with us, then we don't feel as secure and we become less resilient. So this feeling of confidence is actually really important. So no matter what your past is, you can become more secure in side yourself in the moment. And he is really emphasizing in his book to look for opportunities to feel cared for and to be feel cared about and really be grateful for those moments that you are being cared about. And then take these experiences in, really absorb them and enrich it as we were talking about before. And that's a great tip. And so that's kind of exercising gratitude and that'll help build confidence. So you feel more secure and kind of really pay attention to when uh, you know that that you're feeling kind of pain or initial upset. He's suggesting to disengage from it and just stop feeling those feelings and just move your focus to uh, back into finding evidence that you're being cared for. So be mindful of inner critic as well as the other thing that he suggested and also um he talked to, I love the way he put it. He talked about second darts. It's kind of like, you know, you throw the dart once and it's like, oh, right. And you feel bad about it, but he's talking about throwing, like talking about pain and upset, um, you know, throwing the dart more than once, ruminating on it. And what that does is, is it's really erodes our self-worth and kind of makes things harder to bounce back from. So his suggestion is to focus on um, the, the, the part of the challenge that you have control over and kind of really focus on finding evidence of support and that'll strengthen and nurture you. And it'll really help and try to push back against that inner critic. Whoa, these are all so wonderful and powerful. Okay, so then the third part of his book was all about regulating and the skills or the resources, the psychological resources that he's suggesting to build are calm, motivation, and intimacy. And so if we build calmness and motivation and intimacy, we have a tendency to be more resilient. So this is incredible. Okay, so let's first talk about calm. So he talks about the two parts of the nervous system and how it keeps us balanced. It's meant to be a good thing. So we have the rest and the digest parasympathetic branch that settles us down. And then we have the fight or flight, sometimes fight, flight, or freeze, sympathetic nervous system. And in that branch of our nervous system revs us up and it helps us to deal with stress. So the only problem is that today we are chronically activating this sympathetic nervous system 
system. And so basically, this is really stressful on our body, on our mind, and our relationships. And so the best thing we can do is, is relaxation and meditation, because that'll help engage this parasympathetic nervous system. And the thing is, is that when we're in this place, we can appropriately respond to um, some threats or challenges is, challenges in our environment. And so when we're in the stress response, a sympathetic fight or flight part of the nervous system, we inappropriately react to or we exaggerate threats. So his tips are to look for ways that you can, that you might be overestimating threats and underestimating your resources to deal with them. Isn't that cool? So stress, that's basically what stress is, right? Is that we feel like we don't have the resources to do something or the, the demands that are put on us, we feel like we don't, we're not resourceful enough. So his suggestion is to, um, to notice if you're overestimating threats and maybe underestimating your resources to deal with those threats. Um, so he also talked about help yourself to feel safe, to feel as safe as you can. And that'll make you stay in that more, that relaxed response. So as you can see, this staying in this relaxed response um, is really the rest and digest parasympathetic branch that settles us down, allows us to really be resilient and to kind of handle challenges in a in a positive way so his other tips are to control anger so you are you can be powerful I love the way he put this you can be powerful and assertive without being angry and that is so true like uh, sometimes like when I just say directly to my kids without getting angry and I just have like a monotone voice and I use it to them it actually is more powerful it's like mommy is starting to get upset <laughs> I don't know I think all the moms out there can relate to me all right so he's talking about trying to reduce things that are triggering um, this in you so avoid self-righteousness fault finding and you know all all the stuff to do with stress management is to you know step away, notice the things that are actually causing you to to prime you for anger, and to respond to triggers in a proportion in proportion to them. So not overreacting. Um, he also suggested to take space to slow down. You know that amygdala hijack. We want to slow that right down. Takes over our brain, and then we're in that stress response. So being calm actually can make us more resilient and allows us to respond to our environment instead of react. Okay. So the next part he talked about was motivation. So people who are resilient are also able to pursue opportunities. They're more motivated. So resilience is more than just bouncing back from adversity. Clearly, uh, resilience allows us to pursue opportunity. So people who are resilient, they keep pushing or pursuing their goals which is amazing. So we all want to be more resilient, right? We want to help us ourselves with this level of motivation. So, um, so he, oh, I love this part. So he talked about liking is distant from wanting and Oh my gosh, wait till you hear this. You're going to be like, oh my gosh. Okay, so wanting comes from a place of insistence or compulsion that is kind of based out of stress and in that stressful place. Whereas liking is is something that, you know, it's it's is you you like something without wanting it. It's more powerful. So it's really it's softer and you take in experience of being all, already satisfied. Um and so you're in that place of a 
abundance and you're in that place that you feel good and that you, you feel content. So, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. So think about it. If I were to say, I like that, or I like it when my books are selling well (laughs) versus I want my books to sell well. So you can see the urgency and the stress and kind of more the scarcity mindset that goes with that, the language. Um, So he is suggesting that we really look for uh, and say things in that regard, like say, well, I like it when um, you tidy your room, you know, to my kids versus I want you to tidy your room. It is so powerful. Oh my gosh. If that's one thing that you take away from this, it's like, it is so powerful. It's it's such a shift in our brain and it removes the pressure and the stress around it and really helps us to stay motivated. And, you know, I like it when I'm productive instead of I want to be productive. (laughs) All right. So the next thing he suggested is to enjoy pleasures and be ambitious without the stress of wanting. So he's talking about keep, keep emotions positive and it'll help you to be more responsive and stay in that responsive zone instead of that stress red reactive zone. And uh, he talked about just looking for ways to experience more positive emotions. So one of which is that I like that versus I want that. Um, So dopamine activity is fundamental for our motivational circuit. And that's what he talked about in his book. So we need rewards in order to stay motivated. So his tip is actually to increase the association between a reward and what you'd like to be motivated about or motivate yourself towards. So I love that. I'm all about rewards. So he talks about focusing on that reward. What what is the outcome that you're going to get that help keep pulling you forward and motivating you? He also talked about not being hard on yourself and just just stay motivated. And that being hard on yourself is actually, it will create the polar opposite effect. It'll demotivate you. So I love that. So not to be, don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself permission to be human. And then he also uh, suggested to use guidance rather than criticism to stay on course. And that's so important because I don't know about you, but like sometimes we have these like ideas or goals in our mind and we're like, I want to have this done by this week. And, um, so I love that guidance is such a nicer way, um, of looking after yourself and keeping you on course than being a critique. Okay. So intimacy. So this is the next part. If when we grow intimacy, we have a tendency to be more resilient. So intimacy exists in in all relationships. So not just the romantic ones. So intimacy is all about having a strong connection with other people. So the way he put it in his book was have a strong me in we. So kind of pull people into your world and foster that personal, um, you know, that personal connection with other people. But he also suggests to have your boundaries and to make sure that you're respecting your own boundaries and you have that sense of autonomy or feeling like you're in control as well. He talked about exercising empathy. So empathy is necessary in order for you to have intimacy in your life and have these great connections. So empathy is just, you know, we're all wired to tune into other people's thoughts and emotions and actions uh, and the actions of others. We're, we're wired to have this empathy. And so when we build compassion and kindness, um, we can strengthen this psychological resource of empathy and compassion and kindness. And it allows us to really have this common humanity. And this builds our sense of uh, self-worth and connection and resilience 
balance in our world. We see the world as working together and we're all together. And, um, I think that is so, so heartwarming and it feels so good to care for others. So he also talked about avoid focusing on the faults of others, focus on your own responsibility and your own personal conduct. And that is powerful. I mean, if we all did that, the world would be a great place. All right. So the next part of his book, the last part here is all about relating. And he talked about courage aspirations and generosity. And when we increase our our courage and our aspirations and we increase generosity, we have a tendency to be more resilient. So let's talk about those. So courage, so he talked about courage, so open authentic communication in fundamental relationships takes courage. So he is talking about a courage that is all about trying to focus on sharing experiences instead of solving problems. So have the courage to really communicate and connect and share experiences with people instead of focusing on constantly solving problems. So his tips is more in the, in relation and having the courage, um, to, to be honest with people and to say things that are well-intended and true and beneficial and timely and not harsh and uh, just to know facts and kind of focus on observations and and focus on results that you want and and so that you can help move forward so make requests instead of demands and the reason I think he brought up the courage piece is that um Sometimes, sometimes we have to shrink certain relationships. And I love the way he put that shrink relationships to the size and shape that is safe for you. So we want to make sure that we have connections with other people and have the courage to respect ourselves and others enough to kind of create the relationships and the connections that are right for us and the ones that we feel safe in. And so safety is a basic need, right? Okay. So we talked about aspirations. So you know what, when we're young, we kind of think about our hopes and our dreams for our lives that we'd like for ourselves. But for some reason, as we get older, we lose that a little bit. So we still want to be able to do that. So you want to still love your work. You still want to play and try to find that sweet spot. That's a combination of what you enjoy, what you're talented at and what you care about. I love that. I'm going to repeat it because it's so important. So our aspirations ideally to make us more resilient are a perfect blend or a combination of what we enjoy, what we're talented at, and what we care about. And so I actually know what I do with my clients, my coaching clients, is I suggest that they make a list of all the things that they enjoy. You know, like what books are you gravitating to? What Instagram feed are you watching? Like, what is it that you enjoy? And then make a list of what your talents are. What are your superpowers? Like, what are people say, wow, you're really good at that? And make a list of that. And then make a list of all the things that you care about all the things you care about, what matters to you. And then your ambition or your aspirations, rather, they can be, if it's a perfect blend of that, oh my gosh, you're going to have a perfect blend of, like you're going to love your work. It's going to be a perfect blend for you. So 
he also talked about using your time wisely. So to aim really high and, and be at peace with your results. So aim high, but then be at peace with your results. And I always say to my clients, keep focusing on what you're producing, not your to-do list. So notice what you're producing and the difference that it's going to make. So he did talk also about adopting a growth mindset and to know that it's all right to fail and that fail is, and I always say it's all about fail forward. Like how can you move forward from this? What's the learning? You know, what can I take away from this? Um, And that's a growth mindset. Okay. He also talked about um, offer what you can and then know that after that, it's out of your hands. And that really takes a little bit of the stress off. So set your aspirations, but then offer what you can and know that after that, it's literally out of your hands. Okay. So then he talked about generosity. So humans are naturally altruistic. So we naturally are generous. So most generosity doesn't have to involve money. So I'm all about providing value for people. And I love providing value. It feels so good to me. I feel generous doing it. I enjoy it. I love helping people and putting smiles on their faces and making a difference in their lives. That to me is so rewarding. So And that is actually generosity is one of the tools that we can use and the resources that we can build in order to build our resilience. So, um, so give forgiveness, disentangle yourself from resentment, um, and also consider other people's perspectives is another form of generosity is understanding other people's perspectives. Generosity is letting go and forgiving and, uh, letting go of ill will. And also to give yourself compassion, that's generosity, being generous generous to yourself, give yourself compassion and full pardon. You know what? You're human. And then also to be generous and extend your circle. Um, as you remember from, uh, from me to we, so uh, inclusion and then, and include other people, like be all about inclusion in your life. And that's generous with your time and your energy. And so this helps to make us more resilient. So as you grow inner strength, like compassion and courage, you'll develop resilience and well-being. It's so incredible. Okay. So that is it in this book. Oh my gosh. Rick Hansen guides us through clear practical steps to build resources. I highly recommend going out and purchasing this book. If you want to delve in a little bit deeper, uh, he shows us how to build unshakable core, calm, strength, and happiness. And he helps us to really develop the psychological resources such as grit and gratitude and compassion so that we can become more resilient. Well, there you have it. Okay. Rick Hansen did it again with his book, Resilient. I enjoyed this book and I swear to gosh, there's so many things and tools and tips and everything in this book. I hope you got a lot out of the podcast today. Please hit subscribe so you can get next week's episode. It's an awesome book I'm highlighting. I've already delved into it. I'm already reading it and highlighting it in my mind map. So you don't want to miss out. Okay. Have a wonderful day, everybody. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.